KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. While the tempo of COVID-era violence seems to be leveling off or declining around the country, that has not been the case in Tacoma. And all you have to do is watch the news to realize how much of the violence involves firearms. That's why next week Tacoma is hosting a two-day conference aimed at stopping gun violence. That's part of the discussion next on Northwest Now. You know, a gun is like a hammer, it's just a tool, but there are 400 million of them in private hands in the United States. While only a tiny percentage are used for violence, there is a substantial body of evidence that shows that the more guns there are in any given population, and the weaker that area's gun laws are, the easier the access and the more gun violence there is, whether the guns that are used are purchased or stolen. And while mass public shootings like the one in Uvalde, Texas get all the attention, they only account for about 1% of the gun deaths nationwide. It is the day-in, day-out, steady drumbeat of almost routine shootings that do most of the numerical damage. The CDC's latest numbers from 2020 show that during that period, the firearms homicide rate spiked 35%. In all, about 100 people are killed every day by gun violence. Violence involving firearms is now the number one cause of death among children and teens in the United States, with about 3,200 per year being shot to death in that age group. In Tacoma, a record 45 people were killed last year, 43 in shootings. As Northwest Now contributor Steve Kiggins tells us, in hopes of simply reducing the number of surplus guns, the city held a gun give-back program at Shaney Stadium. So far this year, Tacoma police investigated 13 homicides and include the use of gun violence. That comes after last year, where the city recorded some of its highest crime rates in decades, including where 40 people were gunned down. Now, while those numbers are on the decline, we talked to some people who live near some of these crime scenes who tell us it feels like these guns are everywhere. thought it was fireworks. I love it here. It's exciting, but sometimes it's just too exciting. That excitement came as gunfire on April 18th, only blocks south of Wright Park. Tacoma police say shortly after noon, a verbal altercation escalated into gunfire. My first thought was, well, it's fireworks, but then I thought that wasn't fireworks, that was a gun. Somebody rushed a 20-year-old man to a nearby hospital, but Tacoma police says he did not survive the shooting. People care, and they want to be safe, and they want to help us help them be safe. Tacoma Police Chief Avery Moore says his department joined the Children's Advocacy Center of Pierce County for a gun give-back drive on April 30th, where gun owners swapped unwanted weapons for $100 in gift cards. I believe each time we do an event like this, we'll have more participation. In the morning, the line stretched from the parking lot at Cheney Stadium all the way to South Tyler Street. By the afternoon, more than 100 were turned in, including some with illegal modifications. Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodard's got an up-close look. So this one right here that's short? Oh, uh, yeah, that right there. Can't have that in Washington. So I'm glad we have it instead of wherever it was before. Similar buyback programs resulted with 241 guns being turned into Everett Police back in December. More than 200 were turned into Federal Way Police in February, and another 200 to the King County Sheriff's Office in April. National studies have not linked buyback programs with a reduction in gun violence, 
But some living near shootings believe removing unwanted guns keeps them from falling into the wrong hands. Get them off the streets. I have no doubt in my mind that the problem in this country is too many guns. In Tacoma, Steve Kiggins, Northwest Now. While reasonable people can debate the efficacy of gun buybacks, what can't be debated is that gun violence is surging. And that was a major focus of Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodard's March 16th State of the City Address. We've all read the headlines. Total homicides reached an all-time high last year, resulting in the loss of 45 lives. This is not the type of record that we want to set as a city. Tragically, we have already lost six lives to homicide this year, three of which happened in just the first three weeks, and heartbreakingly involved gun violence among our youth. As I've said before, this level of violence is unacceptable and must stop. Last summer, we completed an assessment to better understand the level of violence among youth under 30. One thing we learned is that firearms are too easy for our youth to access. Nearly 5% of 12th graders, I know 5% sounds like a small number, but 5% of 12th graders admitted to carrying a weapon to school at some point. And just yesterday, as I sat in the same building with young people, students told me how easy it was for them to get a gun. Police department data shows that every 48 hours, a gun is stolen from a car, not from a person or a home, but from an unattended car. Gun owners have a right to carry a gun, but also have the responsibility to secure it. Part of the city's extensive anti-violence plan includes community outreach. Next week, the city of Tacoma is convening the Together We End Gun Violence event in partnership with the Alliance for Gun Responsibility. Joining us now are Tremaine Edwards, the Engagement Director for the Alliance for Gun Responsibility, and Eleuthera Lish with Seattle King County Public Health. Thank you both for coming to Northwest. Now, great to have a conversation about an upcoming conference here in Tacoma. Um, Together We Can End Gun Violence. Really interesting concept. Tremaine, start us out a little bit about who the Alliance is and your role in it, and um, give, us, give us a little background. Yeah, so I'm Tremaine Edwards. I am one of the directors with the Alliance for Gun Responsibility which is a statewide organization here in the state of Washington that lives in a couple of buckets, but all around the world, if you know, addressing gun violence in our communities and ending that harm in our communities. And so we do a lot of that work through advocacy, through education and through partnerships. So we have a C3, a C4 and a PAC, which allows us to live in our public education space under the C3. We have our C4 that allows us to have a, you know, a grassroots presence and mobilization of folks um, to make sure that, you know, life-saving legislation is passed. And then we have our PAC, which allows us to endorse candidates who believe in this platform, who believe in this work and this movement, and making sure that we have that support um, year-round. And Eleuthera, explain the relationship then with Public Health Seattle King County. Um, you, you've obviously come alongside this, this group. Talk a little bit about that relationship and how you fit in. Happy to do it, and thanks for having us here today. So uh, Eleuthera Lish and I direct gun violence, regional gun violence for public health, Seattle and King County, a new program in King County that's 
working to address gun violence by centering communities that are most impacted by gun violence in leadership roles to support their solution finding and execution of the solutions that they're bringing forward to addressing community gun violence and the harm caused. So the public health uh, folks got together with the Alliance and decided that it would be something powerful to bring a coalition together, mm -hmm. representing the grassroots to the very grass tops. And so when we came together, uh, we brought the state of Washington along, we brought community organizations along, worked at that time with the city of Seattle, also with Every Town for Gun Safety and other folks on the same mission to elevate this idea that together we could end gun violence. Public health treats gun violence obviously as a public health issue and gives everybody an opportunity to find their role in being a part of the solutions to gun violence. Violence. So everyone from legislators to philanthropy and everyone else in between has a role in addressing gun violence. So we've come together. Together We End Gun Violence is now an inaugural conference that's partnered with the city of Tacoma and will be here in Tacoma May 25th, 26th and hosting people from around the country, experts in this space and the community leaders and bringing them together to so yeah. what will this look like? What can people expect? Um, and both of you can speak to this. Will, will it be at the convention center? Or I can't remember the venue for it, but what's the venue? And, and are there multiple, uh, is it like a conference where you can go to different breakouts? Or how, how does it look? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a little bit of all of the above. So it's a two-day conference hosted here at the Marriott Tacoma. Um, so we're going to have two days. First day, we'll have some opening statements. We'll have the mayor there, of course, with us as they partner with us. We'll have a lot of local, locally based uh, community organizations as well here as a part of that because we wanted to make sure that while we are also in Tacoma that we represent folks that are doing this work in this area. But we'll also have, as you, Eleuthera you know, mentioned, having folks at different levels of this, this work at local and national levels, being a part of different panel discussions. We're also gonna have some breakout groups. Um, and then day two, we're additionally on top of those things, gonna have a space where you know these various folks that Eleuthera mentioned around our, you know, our stakeholders, our ecosystem, if you will, of everybody who lives in this space with us, to have some time together to take that knowledge base that we've placed before them, truly work together, work through things together um, because it's important that we all work together. I often say, you know, we've all hold the, heard the phrase, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, but it's also going to take that village to protect the child. And really having all of these folks together for those two days to do that work is going to be really um, important. And yeah. one of the things we're really proud of is centering survivors in this conversation. And so the first panel on the first day will feature survivors who have taken action and started their own foundations and organizations and called others to action to be a part of something. So we're really excited about that. How do you answer critics who say, here comes another big meeting of gun control nuts. Mm -hmm. They want to take away our firearms. We've already had the assault weapons ban placed in this state. What's left to do? Mm -hmm. um, how do you answer that question if, if a bunch of like-minded people for a good cause mm -hmm. get together and um, the, the target is the Second Amendment? How do you answer that? Well, I think what's interesting about the public health approach is, again, it calls on everyone to do a part. And so if we recognize that gun violence is the leading cause of death for children and teens in America for the first time in history, I yep. think we can all get together around the idea as Tremaine said, that we really need to protect our young. And I think we all share that value. I think the other thing that's important about a public health approach is that because again, everybody has a role, we're partnered with law enforcement, we're partnered with community, we're partnered with survivors. There's a lot of perspectives in the room. What, what people share in common is an understanding that we have reached a point where, gun, again, if gun violence are killing our young, we all have some work to do to roll yeah. up our sleeves. You're familiar too with the Kaiser um, survey that recently came out. One 
one in five people has been touched in some way by gun violence in this country. One of three people of color. So, I mean, it's, and, and just, you know, turn on the news and it's just shocking. Something is broken. Something is not working. So this effort to, to convene stakeholders together to continue talking about it is obviously on the face of it a worthy cause. Here's the problem though, Tremaine, when it comes to uh, safe streets and Project Peace and Tacoma ceasefire and all the shows we've done over the years, it's very easy to get the good folks in the room. Mm. They to get the right people who see this as a problem, know it needs to be addressed, know we need to try different things both on both sides. It's getting the folks who, the attention of the folks who aren't in that room, who are falling prey and committing gun violence. That's the problem. How do we, how do we, I don't have an answer. How do we, how do we break through that? Yeah, and I think, and you know, we can yes and this, that I think there's spaces that, you know, we're going to have a lot of people who are doing the on the ground work, the boots on the ground folk, our CVI, you know, your community violence interrupters that are doing this work every day that are also going to be a part of this work part of these conversations, right? And something that I love about this conference is we leave with an action plan, right? You're leaving also with a network of people who can help address in those communities as well, right? They've now got a new wealth of knowledge. They've gotten a new wealth of community and resources to support them in that work to continue to expand in those areas. So that's a good point. This isn't necessarily for that crowd. It's to train up, beef up, the the well-meaning people who participate and then they go out and do their piece in the community. And I think it's a little bit for everybody. I mean, I think I will offer this. This morning on the national news, the first five stories were about gun violence. Oh, yeah. And your statistics, absolutely right. You know, the, the who one in five and one in three and the disproportionate contact on communities of color. But this morning, you know, a young white woman pulled into a um, driveway to do a U-turn and was shot by the homeowner. And there are, this affects everyone. I think one of the things that changes the game for all of us is when it gets proximate, when we're close to it. And so it touches certain communities and they take action and they stand up and they do the hard work. But until everybody sees how it affects them, it can be difficult. But you know, we have 120 guns for every 100 Americans. We're the most armed nation on the planet, so clearly something and has to happen. the vast majority of them never are involved in crime, are Correct. never in the hands of a bad guy, Correct. are very responsibly owned and managed. Right. The bad guys, though, are always going to be able to get one. How do, we, how do we really address the problem of the wrong people with, it's a tool, it's an inanimate object, we've got to keep it out of the wrong hands. Well, I think understanding that, you know, weapons of war were intended to take lives. They were not intended to get food. They were not intended even just to protect a home. They were intent literally intended to take lives. I think the conversation has to get deeper and richer about what we're really arguing about, what's really the arm wrestle here, no pun intended. Um, we are... We, our approach is to recognize that community partnered with government, partnered with schools, partnered with the Alliance and folks who are advocates and allies for a safer community. And we talk about gun violence reduction. We don't, we know it's not going to end in my lifetime. This is my yeah. 28th year in the work, but things like gun buybacks, things like safe gun storage, like equipment that helps people store their guns and be responsible with their guns. There are harm reduction strategies that yeah. might help bridge us there. Last 15 seconds, Tremaine, if people want to get involved, what do they do if they want to, if they want to tie into this? Absolutely. I would say visit us at gunresponsibility.org. That mentions a plethora of things and ways in which we do work in the state of Washington, but we'll also be keeping people aware of activities like this that are happening in the places and spaces that they can live with us. All right, you two. Thanks so much. Great conversation. I wish you the best with your event. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
It's safe to say the bad guys will always be able to get guns and won't follow the rules. That's one of the major arguments of those who say the Second Amendment is the linchpin in securing all the rest of our rights. Dave Workman is the senior editor at the Second Amendment Foundation. Jane Milhans represents the Washington State Rifle and Pistol Association and is the program coordinator at the Tacoma Rifle and Revolver Club. And she's also a firearms instructor. Thanks both of you for coming to Northwest Now. Great to have a discussion in the context of this upcoming um, Together We End Gun Violence conference that the, uh, that the city of Tacoma is hosting with the Alliance for Gun Responsibility. I wanted to get your take, Dave, on uh, obviously we're going to be talking about guns and gun control in that context. What other things do you think should come up and be part of that conversation? Well, uh, I think probably the focus more ought to be on locking up criminals uh, getting tougher on armed criminals. We have passed in this state uh, three strikes and you're outlaws, hard time for armed crime. Both of those originated in this state and a couple of the guys that worked on that work in my building up at the Second Amendment Foundation and the Citizens Committee for the right to keep and bear arms and at that time if you'll recall the, the gun control people were aghast. They didn't like either one of those initiatives. Uh, I also think that uh, if, if the city has decided to partner up with the Alliance, they ought to invite somebody from the firearms community to uh, come down, yeah. provide uh, home firearm safety training, uh, how to uh, safely store firearms, um, some tips maybe about uh, carrying firearms, applying for a concealed pistol license in this state. I checked this morning and we're hovering right around 700,000 oh, yeah. active concealed pistol licenses. There's been a major rush for per the purchase of firearms and also concealed permits. That's right. And, yeah. and you know, the, the reason for that, of course, is if you look at the, at the decline in the number of police officers at, at Seattle, Tacoma, Everett, uh, Bellingham, uh, where uh, officers just feel, hey, we don't have any support from the city government anymore. We're going someplace else. And also, when you when you threaten to close the door, for instance, on assault weapons, um, it's like yelling fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. You're going to stimulate. You're going to stimulate a lot of sales, right? Uh, Jane, I wanted to talk to you about the assault weapons piece. Um, it looks like we're heading for a ban in this state. Um, but I, you know, you're a firearms instructor, and I think it's a. a, a Good to hear from you. People don't recognize they're used in a very small percentage of, of crimes. They're also very expensive. They're, yes. they're, and you know, people don't understand the financial barrier that stands between a bad guy who's just looking for something to, to knock off a liquor store with and an assault weapon, which are typically pretty high dollar. Do you think that that is gonna be effective? Um, should, is it gonna help this, this gun violence problem at all or do you think it was more window dressing? This is window dressing. First of all, the uh, modern sporting rifle is the correct term for an AR-15 or it's, it's an Armalite rifle. So that rifle is not a military rifle and it is mis the, the, the public is misled that it's a military rifle. It is not. It looks and scary. It does. It looks scary. It does. But I will tell you that's just the stock. I, I, as a firearm instructor, I change the stock on all my rifles so that they're adjustable. But let me tell you one thing they keep missing on these uh, modern sporting rifles. They are used in shooting competitions. I use mine in Rifle League when I... And three gun and... 
yeah, and yeah. all of those. And, and they are the most popular rifle for women. And the reason why they're the most popular is because we can adjust them to fit our smaller size. There's little to no recoil, making them a much safer than a shotgun, or sometimes I demonstrate with a 30-06 bolt action that's not on the endangered species list. And uh, the other thing that's really safe that a lot of people forget is that you can buy home defense ammunition for the modern sporting rifle. So if I use... Lower velocity stuff. Well, or... when it hits a, an object, it opens up in flowers. So if you... Uh, you know how close houses are these You're days. not going through walls. Yes. Or, yeah. Where a .30-06 cartridge would go straight through the yeah. wall or another caliber. And at the end of the day, people forget it's a tube and a, and a round. And, yes. and that's what dis dictates the physics of, of the weapon as opposed to how it looks, what the packaging on the outside looks like. Exactly. Um, and the other thing, too, that I like to bring up is that some people, this is their personal protection option and choice that fits best for them. I had a 70-year-old student that her first firearm purchase for home defense was a modern sporting rifle. It worked best for her. So this bill would take away that option for many people. Dave, this is the toughest question I ask firearms advocates, and I've had a couple actually stumble on it since I know you're a journalist and an author, though I know you'll handle it well. This is a tough one. Why do people need a modern sporting rifle? It's not a matter of needs. Where's this need stuff come in? We're talking not about guns here, we're talking about rights. And that's something that the other side of this argument has never wanted to recognize. They treat the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms as a government-regulated privilege. Uh, I don't own a, an AR-15, never have owned one. Uh, they don't get my juices flowing. I've shot a lot of them. They're a lot of fun and some of them have been just remarkably accurate. I know guys that uh, reload ammunition all winter long just to take their AR-15 to Montana and shoot prairie dogs. I know other guys who have hunted coyotes in Washington State with AR-15s because the, the, the bullet diameter and the cartridge itself doesn't make a, a very big hole in a hide. They, they sell the pelts. Uh, the idea that, that someone uh, shouldn't need a rifle uh, I remember that there was a retired uh, King County Sheriff's deputy who once told me, hey, the day that they tell me I don't need one and can't have one, that's the day I'm going to need one. Yeah. It sounds like, though, the common ground with this event in Tacoma could be things like, and, and the alliance is on board with this too, really focusing on safe storage, really focusing on anti-theft. Um, do you deal with that as an instructor to say, listen, yes. here, I'm going to teach you how to shoot, but I need to teach you how to keep your firearm secure as well? Yes. Um, yes, we teach firearm safety. In fact, uh, the NRA certified classes, safety is drilled into everybody. And so we teach uh, safe handling, safe storage, how to train your children. We teach suicide prevention. So that's another option that they could be teaching is suicide prevention. Uh, that's uh, most, I think, uh, handgun deaths are uh, suicide. Yeah. So Dave, when you hear about a conference like this, does it make you nervous? Are you, are you more optimistic or pessimistic that some kind of usable fruit will come out of it at the end of the day, or do you see it as another discussion basically about gun control? It, it's, I think that's what it's going to descend into is another discussion about gun control. Look, I'm a firearms instructor too. I've been doing it for, I don't know, probably 30, 40 years. 
And aside from being a journalist and, a, and an author, I, I write about firearms. Guns are my beat. Let's just make it short. Yeah. Um, I have yet to see a discussion that starts off with all the great intentions not descend into something about, well, we need to take that gun away. We need to ban handguns. We need to stop this. We need to stop that. That is not the way to deal with crime. You deal with crime by dealing with the criminals, not with the tools that they use. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear these discussions and I read stories all the time about gun violence killed so many people. Gun violence didn't kill anybody last year. Or, people or guns cause is a typical yeah, quote. Yeah, guns that, cause the, yeah. That, that's nonsense. That's, yeah. that's really camo speak for gun control. They talk about gun reform legislation. That's gun control. Yeah. Gun, gun safety legislation. That's gun control legislation. Jane, last 30 seconds here, just a short period of time. Do you also teach about the intent, um, good decision-making, the heart a little bit, is that something that's part of your instruction? Yes, we teach that too, and there are some advanced classes called personal protection in and out of the home, where we teach people that you, may, you have to think about what you're doing. For example, I survived a home invasion by two men. I didn't have to draw a firearm. I knew that when that person stepped outside the house and there was a distance, the threat was gone, so we teach that. Good. Both of you, thanks for coming to Northwest Now. Great discussion. Responsible gun ownership isn't a problem now and it never has been, but what we're doing isn't working. The bottom line, when it comes to gun violence, it's going to take some fairly well-established and data-driven solutions to fix it. Solutions that are going to be hard pills to swallow for both the left and the right if we want to reduce the bloodshed. I hope conferences like Together We End Gun Violence prove effective in convincing all sides to work together.